0: y'all to know that Alec is going to come under church discipline because we uh, play Indiana next week, and he seems to try and pull for Indiana, and so don't worry about it, Alec, we won't bring you publicly yet under church discipline, we love you, thank you, worship team, thank you so much, Jacob, for leading us, and we love y'all, and we appreciate y'all, and I just want to tell you how much I love you, family, we're in the middle of the series, I can't, but he can So I must because he will. I can't, but he can. So I must because he will. I can't, but he what? So I must because he what? I can't, but he what? So I must because he. He will. He will. And so I was thinking about this week. Have you ever had those moments where. you're 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 going hard for the Lord, and it seems that things don't always go right. Uh, let me make it a little more make a little clearer. You, you're really trying to serve the Lord with all your heart, but things just seem that can go wrong do go wrong. Has that ever happened to you? Well, guess what? That's kind of like I'm like Lord, you know, I'm trying to really go hard after you, and like, things I put my hands to. And a little bit of pushback and some things. And I go, Lord, it's just one of those moments. Like, I, I Lord, I need you to do something. I, I know that you say, uh, if we have a, the faith of a mustard seed, we can say to this mountain, be ye removed. But I was reminded of a scripture. Casey Bolick said it to me this week. And then it hit me. Reminded me of a scripture in Psalm 97. In verse 1. It
1: became a powerful scripture for me personally. And it says this, the
0: Lord reigns, let the earth be glad, let the distant shores rejoice, clouds and thick darkness surround him, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side, his lightnings light up the world, the earth sees and trembles, and this is what God The mountains melt like, what's the next word, saints? Wax before the Lord. Before the Lord of all the earth, the heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all peoples will see his glory. And I thought to myself, Lord, when you show up, the mountain is not removed. The mountain melts. And that is my prayer for you today that when God shows up in our lives, my prayer in this corporate worship is we're not just here to just, okay, it's perfunctory. We do what the Lord wants us to do in a corporate gathering to show the world and to show ourselves and remind ourselves that that will be done on what? As it is in, so it's a reflection, but that, that there's a moment that God begins to melt. If I say to the mountain, be you removed, the mountain is still there. It just goes to another place. But when God shows up, it goes away. And y'all didn't hear that, When God shows up, it goes away. And so, because of God, and because of the power of the Holy Spirit working within us, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus, listen, when God shows up, mountains don't just go away, they lay flat. Yeah. I'll put it this way, like when God shows up in your life, whatever challenges come before us, when we press into it, man, we walk through the gates of hell. We don't walk around it. Satan gets out the way, not us. Come on. And I pray that you're empowered that way because you see, uh, how many of you in this room, uh, my mentor, Stephen McKinnon, uh, preached Thursday night at How many of y'all were here for Elevate on Thursday night? Raise your hand. Oh, man, they were great. Wasn't it incredible when he talked about where Babylon and you know, he's not uh, I, I'm a lot more uh, going him in the sense of in my delivery, but he's way more annoying to, in his delivery as the power of his teaching and because he's brilliant, he really is you can go see his books in life, why? He's, he's a genius but what I want to say is this is that I pray today it is my prayers, of prayer, that the gospel doesn't just allow us to say to the mountain be that God shows up and erases what's in front of us so that we can walk on the rock Oh, Jesus Christ. So I want to talk a little bit today about because I can't but he can and then the response is so I must because he will. I want to talk a little bit about the gospel of sanctification. Now what do I mean by this? There's a gospel of salvation in the sense that you hear the gospel and you will see the work of the cross and we get the righteousness of Christ and Right? We, we get justified. It uh, is a legal term that means all our sins are gone. There's no debt to be paid. Jesus paid it all. Jesus on the cross satisfied the wrath of God. That all my sins have put him on that cross. That the wrath of God was moving towards me. But Jesus shows up in front of me and stops the wrath of God. And now I get nothing but mercy and mercy and mercy. And because of his mercy, I can come to the throne of grace and receive mercy and grace to help me. Is anybody with me in my time of need? And so my prayer is that we press into that. And so now as believers, what does it mean for us? And so I I would like to use a passage. i preached that I remember in in this December, it'll be 20 years I've been pastoring. um, I think I preached this twice, maybe three times over the span 20 And you will know this verse. Uh, a lot of you in this room, you will know this verse. And, it, and, it, and initially, when you hear it, not that scriptures is boring, you'll just go, "This doesn't sound new to me." But I pray that God will do something new in it. I pray that He will open our eyes to something new. That God is going to continue to work in us now, because the reason why that we're the believers, of, the believers of God, there might be so few of us. But remember, God's not God's power is not in His army. God's power is because of he's over them. I mean, he's, he's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of the armies. God doesn't need numbers. We need his presence. And I pray that this will open your eyes. Uh, Luke chapter 9. And so Nick Ballinger who just got saved last week, was preaching a couple weeks ago, just kidding, and he gave us the background of Luke, and who he was writing to, Theophilus, and this here is this medical doctor writing in high Greek, it's, if you study Greek, some of you are in here and you love your little Greek. New Testament, and I'll praise God for you. I'll stick to English, which I can't even understand, but no, I'm just kidding. And, but my, it, you know that in this high level of Greek, the highest level of Greek that we have in the New Testament as far as the academic side of it, it's, 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 it's a little more difficult to read than reading First John or the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is like my type of reading. See, spot, run. Y'all tracking me? No. Like three words as a sentence. Here I am. Like, ne- never mind. All right, so, but here is a point in Jesus' ministry that Jesus is getting is a turning point. In this gospel, there's this huge turning point. Jesus is now leaving Galilee for the final descent all the way through Samaria. He's going down from the Sea of Galilee area. He's going down. It's his final descent into Jerusalem to lay down his life for us. And it's in this passage, we get in Luke chapter 9, and when we get down into verse 50, that's when he begins his descent down towards Jerusalem to lay down his life for us. As a satisfying atonement, satisfying the wrath of God, paying our penalty. He he was dying in our place. And we before he's going in that journey, he gives this picture. Verse 18. Once when Jesus uh, was interesting, verse 18 was praying and prodding. And his disciples were with him. He asked him. Who the crowd said, that. and you remember this from Matthew, it's the same thing, but it's a little short version. It's interesting, he was praying, and in prayer, there's this question that, that he asks his people. And I, the Bible doesn't say this, so I, I don't want to like, make it as God's word. But could Jesus have been praying, open their eyes to see me? Could have. Context kind of hints that way. the crowd say that I am? There are people out there asking who Jesus is. They reply, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. Verse 20, and then Jesus gets personal. He says, what do the crowd say? Now what do you say? Well, what about you? Yes, who do you say I am? And I want to ask you today: Who do you say that Jesus is? I know, Savior and Lord, John. It's my Savior and Lord. And I want to ask you this: If He's my Savior and Lord, then there's something that's going to happen. And now this is where we're going to pray against this heaviness. That wants to come to this room, I feel a sense, an attack of the enemy, in the sense that the enemy would love to blind you by distraction in your mind, and to wonder, and, 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 to, and to keep this away from us. So I want to stop here and pray before I go into the next verse. So Lord, I want to pray right now in the name of Jesus, and echoing and continuing what Alex said. Then my prayer is that I do not come with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that everybody in this room that their faith will not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power, on the Spirit's power. I pray, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, that you would bind the enemy, the prince of the air, the little God of this age, that he would have no authority to blind the hearts and minds of unbelievers, that you would remove that, and that they could see Jesus and him crucified and him glorified. And Lord, that He would be drawing them uh, to Him. I pray for the believers in this room that would take the next step in their, in their worship and living their lives for Jesus, that there would be a step that they would take today, that they would find something. They would find something. And only you can open our eyes to that. So Lord, you know, I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I pray that there's, you know, I feel like my sins hinder the anointing of God and it's true, right? The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. But I pray Lord God right now in the name of Jesus because of your beautiful grace and your mercy that you will lavishly overflow that so that people would not see me, that they would see Jesus. And then Lord, I don't have to come up here and try to be super energizing to draw people into it that your Holy Spirit would draw people into it. And so I thank you for your move. I thank you for your love. I thank you for the grace. And I thank you that when we say the name Jesus, it is the name above every name mention Jesus, that's when everything is divided, and because you're set apart, and you're glorified. So we love you, and we praise you. May you open it up. May you do your work. May it all be you. May you open our eyes to the beautiful word. May the Spirit's power take the word and work within us, Lord, because your word is living and active. And may you change us today, Lord. That is my prayer. We love you. We praise you. And we do pray in the name above every name, that name of Jesus. And all the saints said what? So, But what about you, yes? Who do you say I am? And in this short section, Peter answered, and I'm giving you the New International Version, He says, God's Messiah. You're the chosen one, Jesus. You're the only one. You're the only one. You're the one that we've been looking for since you've been looking for all the Old Testament has been telling us about you. All the scripture memory of Torah that we had when we were a little kid, you're the one, you're the one. Then look what he says. Verse
1: 21, Jesus strictly
0: warned them not to tell this to anyone. Now, uh, there's an answer for that because his time for deliverance is, is, is not yet, but it's coming. And he said, the Son of Man must be rejected. The Son of Man must suffer, excuse me, many things, and be rejected by the elders. And he begins to name these people. By the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. That is, everyone in authority is going to reject Jesus. And he must be killed. And on the third day, raised to life. Jesus told them this. But then look what he says. It's personal in Luke 9.23. Then he said to them all. And now you remember this verse, don't you, some of you? If any man, if any man, or whoever, wants to be my disciple, what does he need to do? He must what, saints Deny themselves. Take up your cross, what? And follow me. For whoever wants to save his life, will lose it. But whoever... their life for me will save it what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self whoever is ashamed of me and my words the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the father and of the holy angels truly I tell you some who are standing here will not taste death before they see so Luke 9.23 has been this mantra, that, these words that you've heard in your life. If you've been as a Christian for years, you've heard, if any man will come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and what? So you've heard that, and you've read that, and you've heard people talk about it, but I, I, I've got a question. The question for me is, what does it mean to deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me? What does it mean? So I'm praying God, open our eyes. So I was literally reading a manuscript by John Piper that he preached in 1988. Almost 30 years ago about this passage. And he said something so powerful that I cannot, I don't, really, I don't even want to rewrite it because I like the way it's said. And this is my prayer for us. As believers, as followers of Jesus, here's what it means to deny yourself. I want you to know, here's what it means to take up. There are people that are not going to go to heaven that are some of the sweetest people I've ever met. I have met some, I have a friend whose sexual lifestyle is different than mine. I love him. Oh, he's precious. And My kids, he would be phenomenal taking care of them. He is, every time I see him, his, in fact, he told me that his uh, life partner, uh, his husband, uh, before he died, he said, John, his goal before he died was to hear you preach. Oh, God, I love this man. But you know what? We're so, he's one of the best people I know. But if he doesn't know Jesus Christ, come on, somebody. Where is he going to spend the rest of his life? Away from the presence of God. Or what scripture teaches is hell. And my heart breaks for that. And I've watched. There are so many good people. There are so many good people. That do not know. They are phenomenal people. I want you to know something. People can be good. And not know Jesus. There can be great people in this world. And not know the Lord. But I want you to know. It's not being good. As in behavior that sets us apart as good people, according to scripture. What sets us apart are people that are radically saved by the cross of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, putting their faith and trust in him. They're saved by that, and then their life changes, and they do something totally different. They're living with the daily cross of carrying the cross every day. And so John Gray said it best people treat us as common because they don't know what we carry. Did anybody hear? People don't know anything about you in your heart. They don't know what God has put in you. You know what God has been stirring in your life, and they treat you as common. They treat you as average. They treat us as nothing because they we carry the cross of Jesus. The power of the grave is destroyed, and that anointing is on us. And people don't recognize it. And I want people to recognize I want you to
1: come today, No not say,
0: man, all oh, this thing was so good, and the method was so good. I want you to walk out of here wrecked because you and I have experienced Jesus Christ. That the Holy Spirit did something. I don't want us to ever walk out of here thinking that we're common. Because we're not common by what we carry. So what does it mean? Here's what it means. I put it on Facebook under Summit Church. You can see all the notes. I even put a link to that message. So you can sit back and hear it if you wanted to. But I want you to hear this today. The gospel. Here's the main point. The gospel of Jesus Christ means. Christ died to save us from hell, but not from the cross. He died to save us from hell, but not the cross. uh, uh that's one thing wrong. I, I, in fact, he said another way, and I'll give it to you this way. Another way to say it is, Jesus Christ died so that we can be glorified. What I mean by glorified is that we can be in this fully, redemptive, restored state as Adam and Eve were with, with right, the first two chapters of Genesis, the last two chapters of Revelation, all glorification states. He died, Jesus died, so that we can be glorified, but not to keep us from being crucified. Let that sing. Jesus Christ died to keep us out of hell, but not to keep us from the cross. That's what it means, to deny yourself, take up your what? Daily and follow the So, uh, in other words, the great, he says, he says this, this is real, the great tragedy of contemporary Christianity, I hear this all the time, it blows my mind, is that the cross is safely uh, regulated uh, uh, regulated to to the distant past. In other words, the cross happened thousands, 2,000 years ago, so it's back here, and I'm saying, that's what the cross is, that's what the cross is, and so then people preach a gospel, a false gospel, and here's the false gospel. And that practically means is that Jesus was soaked in blood so that I could soak in a jacuzzi. Or to put it another way, the bigger the tale, the more we honor the cross. He said, and so goes the prosperity gospel. What do I mean by that? Jesus, I know this. When you got the scripture. Jesus saved him so that I can have life and have it what? More. And so the abundant life, it's your high school. There are Christians that believe the abundant life is a safe, secure, got a girlfriend, got a boyfriend, really popular, no injuries, great grades, great life ahead of me. I want you to know that that is not. is a life free from everything that's not of God so that we can be in the presence. That's the abundant life. The abundant life is not the gift of many things. The abundant life is the gift of Him. That's the abundant life. You said but John, why do people suffer? We feel the effects of Adam and Eve, but we are not bound by Adam and Eve. We are set free and then you hear this other distorted gospel. So they quote scriptures to make it look good. It was for freedom, Galatians 6, right? No, excuse me, Galatians 5, 1.
1: It's for freedom that Christ set us
0: The goal of the gospel is not my freedom. The goal of the gospel is that I get Jesus. And by getting Jesus, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you. So I'm not bound to be worried what the world worries about. I'm not bound to be worried about my circumstances. That's why he says, he says, Oh, uh, you here's a here's a big power verse. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And so we want the blessings of God more than the presence of God. And I want to cry out to you today, that I'm gonna take you. Blessings without the giver mean nothing. Jesus Christ died to save us from hell, but not to save us from the cross. And there's a cross that everyone in this room, if you and I want to be true followers of Jesus, we will take up. Now listen. I, I'm, I'm going to break this thing down. We're going to get it. So I don't want you to think the prosperity I don't want you to think prosperity language is that, that if I follow Christ, that everything will go well. What I'm telling you is that by following Christ, by following Christ, you, you will get all that you need according to his riches and glory. And we will get Jesus. My satisfaction in life is not my wife and my children, though it would wreck me if something happened to him. But I am gonna tell you, though it would wreck me, it would not stop me. Because my hope is in the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And my family, praise God, they're all born again, followers of Jesus Christ. Even my little son, Jacob. When Jacob chatted, people say, well, why did you cut the, let me tell you, we do this little super long video here. People say all the time, why did you cut the Beyonce off? Why did you cut her off at halftime? Why did you cut all that? I say for one reason, because we're gonna present the gospel, and I believe when the gospel is presented, it, it's so powerful it can save somebody. And that very night, my eight-year-old son gave his life. You say, "Well, that's just coercion. You coerced him." I mean, everything about his life is is, is church, it's church, it's church. You know, you join your there, you read the Bible in the morning, and, and so he sees that, and then y'all pray together. You know, so you know how in times. And sometimes he that. He sees that. And then, you know, all you talk about is Jesus this and Jesus that. And he brings up, you know, Dad, did you see that middle on the football field? Yeah, did you see how Jesus duped Satan? You know, and then, and right, and, 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 and right, and so you're always, you always, you like, they're turning and So It's just coercion. He becomes a product. I want you to know something. I want you to know that the gift of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with my blood, but everything of Jesus' blood. And with Jimmy Chapman, who will always whole and special place in my heart because he left my son to jesus and all he did was something really simple he took a football and he stood up there in the dining hall and he tried to stand on the football and he was falling and he said you know what i'm a coach it's real easy i can build my life on the football but he tried to stand on the football and he kept falling stand on the football kept falling he said but you know what Matthew chapter 7, if I build my life on football, it's like building my life on the sand. He said, but you build your life on the sand, when the storms come, your life's going to fall apart. But if you build it on Jesus, if you build it on the rock, and we go back, that was at halftime, and we go home, and all of a sudden, that night, it's about 11.30, we're tired Jerry Paul's done vacuuming the whole place, and we're over there, people throwing trash waste, got this underplay at every table, everybody's working hard, and all the people are working. And, and I get home, and I'm hot and sweaty, and I want, like, another 15th plate of barbecue, right? Don't so, uh, and I was just like, oh, I'm tired. i got to get up early. Let's get, let's get on their knees. Let's say our prayer, you know, because, well, we got it too. Let's just say our prayers. And I turn around. My son gets on his knees, and he bursts into tears. And we're talking about the football game. And he bursts into tears. and says, I'm not saved. I'm like, that's Jesus. <laughs> I'm talking about the Patriots, and he's talking about the Prince of Peace. That was in Jesus feud. <laughs> I mean, Jackie Chapman presented the gospel at like 8 o'clock. This is 11 15 at night. I didn't even know where he was during the gospel from all Monday. He came in outside with other little kids playing football in the dark. Just don't fall in the duck poop in the pond. And he's back at the same because somebody presented the gospel. He was wrecked by it. Us, we screaming talking about Jesus. I'm not saying, like, Man, this is your moment. That's what it means. That's what it means. You know, what, is, what, does, what does take of our cross daily What is following? So what does it mean? It means this. That Jesus saved us from hell, but not the cross. We have a cross every day to carry. And it is beautiful. It is not. Woe is me. I'm going to the place of the skull. It's awful. God's coming to this life of loneliness. Every time I want to date this girl, it's like the spirit says, no, you ain't reading your Bible. God says it's not good to be alone. And everybody's like, oh, it's a monastery life. I got to punish myself because of my sin. Oh, stop. You Jesus. Stop punishing yourself. Yeah, I don't think of lookin looking hard for God. And we got enough of those. A guy told me one time, now look, I'm not putting down, you know, not, let me just let you and my little world. A
1: guy said, I no, tell
0: him, I said, hey, how you doing, he
1: goes. I'm like, what's going on with your friend? Oh, he's fasting.
0: The Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing another word. against you will prosper. The Bible didn't say the weapon wouldn't be formed. It just said the weapon wouldn't prosper. The gospel will happen. The backstabbing will happen. People will come against you. But stand in the power of the Lord because when we take up our cross, it is the power that we have through the Holy Spirit. Are y'all trapped me? Yeah. So now God wants us to have their power when people take up their cross daily. Let me break it down for you. There's power in them. There's power in your life. You won't be sinless, but you will overcome sin. You're overcoming. So instead of cussing, you're becoming the Christian cussing. Son of a mum on a scope. Right there, right there. You just say something. Say something crazy compared to what you In other words, there's power. When we take up our calls, it's not. Oh, I'm going to die. No, I'm going to live. And we walk around, as Christians like, the world was terrible. <laughs> you see it? social media? No, but I do like to ask for ice cream. <laughs> so Thursday night, what did he teach us saints? We live where? Yeah, we're not good. We live in Babylon, not Jerusalem. Your home is still Babylon. This school is still Babylon. Jerusalem is the presence of God. It's the, it's the metaphor. It's the actual picture of, right? In the garden of Eden. Jesus was there. I mean, Jesus was there. God was there. The Trinity was there. In the garden. But when men sinned, they had to go out of the garden. They didn't have to plant in the garden. They didn't have to work in the garden. They didn't have to do anything. But now, in Babylon, we got a plan. We gotta sow. We gotta build. We gotta work. But we all—we try to make heaven on earth. We we ought to realize the earth can't be heaven. That's why he's gonna make a new heaven and a new earth. And this will be burned by fire. But what happens? There's power. You know when I love people, you can tell when somebody has a cross with Then you tell because there's power. How listen the cross before me, the younger missile, and the world,
1: Mm -hmm. come on, that will
0: preach. There's power in our lives when we walk with the cross. It's not, it's not, I'm pulling myself to death. It's that of my sign of victory. And you can have victory. Not being saved from 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 the cross means there's a daily present power, to borrow the word power uh, of scripture, to borrow the word power, there's a daily present power in our lives. Do you experience that power? Let me break it down for you. He says this, for the Christian, the cross is not merely a place of the substitution, that is the atonement, penal substitutionary atonement, the penalty, the substitute Jesus was for us, the atonement satisfying the rest. It's not just a place of substitution,
1: it's a place of daily
0: exit. You're not hearing. hear me. You died to life. Listen, Romans 6. Well, I know you like this big ballad, you big Roman freak. That's half the reason Jake and or Joaquin, my son Joaquin, his middle name is Roman. It's like the, the Romans. That's all you want to talk about it was Romans. Your first sermon, you took us through the whole Bible in like two hours. And a 30-minute sermon it was great. I got lost 12 times. No, i kidding. I love it. It was, it was deep and rich. It was beautiful. But
1: what I love about it is in Romans chapter 6. Verses 6 through 7,
0: listen to what it says, you see what it says, for we know that our what saints, come on, I didn't hear you, we know that our what, (laughs) was crucified with Galatians For I'm crucified with Christ, and yet I live not out, but Christ lives in me, and now live, I live by faith, and and the Son of God will love me and give himself for me, in other words, it's a transform life, for we know that our old son was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by what? Might be done away with; that we should no longer be. Woo-hoo! It's a song. Slaves to what? See, see. You have the cross. You have the sign of victory. We are no longer slaves to sin. I didn't. It did not say that we didn't sin. It just said we are not
1: ruled.
0: There's a new king in town. In my life, you take up your cross. You take it up at your school. And everybody's gonna mock you and make fun of you. Hey, you want to tell everybody who's real prideful and real arrogant who think they're bad? Come and walk around with a bottle open every day, all day in school. See what happens you. You want to talk about after God? Don't get it. My thing that you see right here—it's a place of victory. It's a place where we walk around in freedom. To deny yourself and take up your cross daily is an act of freedom. It's saying to the world, I might sin, but there's one who is set me free from the control of it. That's why I believe that anybody and everybody can be delivered, right? I believe in deliverance. There's not a demon in hell that's greater than my creator. And that we are no longer slaves to it, though we might struggle with it. I struggle with overheating. Don't touch me. But I am not ruled by it. I once was. Now, yes. With butter. <laughs> but I want you to know today that I'm not owned by it. I struggle with it. And sometimes when I start, I just can't stop. Come on, preach it. Come on, can I get a witness by anybody in the room that just loves all he can eat? <laughs> I mean, it's, listen, is a biblical principle. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's a biblical model. There will be a table of feasting and John Davis will pull up his chair right next to that Bourbon Street chicken. (laughs) my heart that there's such good people in this world way better than me their morality is way better than me i'm like the chief of all sinners i'm like paul i cry out i'm the worst why are you using me god because my sins just as Joshua, and my family they're all my sins are always before me but it is the cross that's before me not me therefore i can enter into his throne and enter into his presence because of jesus christ We have been set free, not so that we can go, freedom, but so that we can go, Jesus. I celebrate Jesus, not my freedom. And I give up my freedom for my brothers. In other words, he said, never let the cross lose its crucifying power in your life. Never let it slip into the dim, misty past as though Christ died for sinners so that I can live for pleasure. You're not called to your high school to live for pleasure. You are called to your school to live for Jesus. And what said, tells everybody that you're not a good person but that you're a Jesus bring, is that there's power in your life because the cross is in you. I don't see enough people with power. I don't see enough. Do you? And, and here's what we think: we think because somebody's in a struggle, they have no power. I argue differently. If you're in a struggle, that shows that there is power because you're fighting for victory. Fight the good. Listen, if you're not, if you're not in a struggle, then the devil's won. But if you're in a struggle, it means the devil's defeated, and we're working. The spirit is conquering our flesh that wages war within us, so that Jesus Christ can be seen beautiful. But y'all, hear me today. There is a cross that we take up, and that cross is what gives us victory. Yes, He saved us from hell, but He did not save us from the cross. He saved us from uh, for glorification, but He did not save us from crucifixion. While we deny ourselves. So look at verse uh, in Luke 9. Look at verse 24. Oh, this is good. Here we go. So i got to get to this. This is good. Luke 9, 24. For whoever wants to save his life for what? You see, here's the point. Here's where the power is. The power is whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. That is the mark of someone who is walking with their cross we're willing to lose our lives for Jesus we're, losing to lo- we're willing to lose everything for Jesus the word deny in Luke 23 the word deny means to say no when you're willing to lose your life, you just say no to some things, don't you? And people make fun of you, don't you? And people talk about us, and they think we're weird, and we get excommunicated. We might not get jobs that we want. We might not get the friends that other people have. When we say no to things, people might judge us and say, and what I mean by judges, that whatever they think we are, they put their feelings to it and actions to it. And so they'll say, oh, well, you think you're better than other people, so I don't want to be around you. I'm telling you today that when we deny, when we just say no, what we're really doing is we're still saying yes. What do you mean, John? When you say no to something, you're saying yes to something. If, you, if I say no to myself, I'm saying yes to something else. If I say no to this job, I'll say yes to another. For example, if a church came to me and said, hey, John, we want you to be the pastor of this church, and I said no, that means I'm still saying yes to something. So when you say no to something, you're saying
1: yes to him.
0: So be encouraged. Lose your life for him. Because the pleasures are soon coming, uh, I, I, I'll use the scripture quickly. Uh, so Thursday night, he sharing with us Jeremiah. If, if you want to turn there, Jeremiah twenty-nine. Keep your finger where you are in Luke nine. But turn to Jeremiah twenty-nine. And I just want to briefly just read and then just briefly say what he said there in Jeremiah twenty-nine. Jeremiah twenty-nine, verse four. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. This is verse 4. To all those I carry into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So we're living in Babylon, right? After Adam and Eve were kicked out, they were kicked out of a place they didn't plant. They didn't do anything. They were kicked out of it because of sin. They're in Babylon. We are in exile. And that's why we're sojourners. That's why we're foreigners. But there's power in his name. There's power in the cross. And though we're living in Babylon, we are living differently from everyone else in Babylon. They said, "Build houses and settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce." Notice they had to build. See in the Garden of Eden, you didn't have to build. There was nothing you didn't have to, you didn't need protection because God was there. Are you with me? There wasn't storms. There wasn't cold weather. There wasn't a big heat wave. Or you would not have to. You build for protection and settle down, plant gardens. In Garden of Eden, you didn't have to plant a garden. It was already planted by God. So now we're going to have to make a way. We're in exile. But God is saying, do these things because one day I'm going to take you to the new Jerusalem. But when you're in Babylon, don't do as the Babylonians. Don't be appraised of Tower of Babel, Genesis 11, or the Tower of Babylon, or the place of confusion. Don't live in the place of confusion when you have the one who's not confused, Jesus. Marry and have sons and daughters, Find wives. For yourselves. You know what it looks like? Listen, I I, got to get to that point. Find wise for yourselves. Listen, um, in in, uh, Matthew chapter 10, the same verse is used. Matthew 10, 39. If you could throw that up, and then I'm going to go back to Jeremiah. Matthew 10, 39. He says, Whoever, this is great, whoever finds their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life, for my sake, for what? find it. So there's a word for find in Matthew, and then there's this parallel whoever uh, loses his life for my sake will save it. Uh, it's from the word uh, savior. It's from the word for save. And, and so here in Matthew 10, we get this other dynamic word of find. You know, what do you need to find today? What do you need to find? He says, look what he says there. do you know we live in Babylon. He says you can find your spouse. Because when you're following Christ and walking in the power of Christ, when we're willing to lose our life for Him, then we get what God has for us. And there'll be power because remember the cross is not just the sign of death, it's the sign of the resurrection. And there's power, so there's power in a marriage where Christ is the center. There's power in the job, though the world might be coming to you. There's power when you're in school, though your friends might come to you. There's power, even in being lonely, when Christ can be my satisfying treasure. There is power to overcome the enemy in Christ. So he says there, in Jeremiah 29 increase in number there. Do not decrease. Verse 7. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city which I've carried you into exile. Pray for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So we pray for others. We pray they will find peace in Christ. We pray that the only peace that can happen is the fruit of the Spirit is Christ. So today I want to leave you with this. Today I want to land. I want to land this back in back in Luke chapter 9, verse 24. Here's where we're going to land. Here's what I'm ask, What do you need to find today? I might need peace. I need Lord, I need my parents to find you. I, I, I need I I need something. Lord, I'm lonely. I need to find uh, uh, your, you as my treasure. But God, would you help me? He who finds a way. Finds a good thing scripture teaches. What do we need to find? Luke 9, 24, as he plays over me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life me will save it. That word loses there. in verse 24 means it's a compound word away from to destroy. That means everything in my past has been destroyed by Christ. And behold, all things. Whoever loses his life for me will save it. Save. It. That is to heal. It means to heal, preserve, rescue. Do you need Jesus to rescue someone? Listen, there's no power. I, I, I can't get loud enough to create power. I can't get strong enough power. I can't win enough to get power. It is only in the cross when I deny myself and I take up my cross. When I take up my cross, therein lies the power that people see that sin has no hold. So therefore, I become a proclamation of his victory not uh, an exposure of his defeat. So the parallel if any man will come after me, he must deny himself and take his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for me will save it. Matthew chapter 10,
1: and here's the parallel that Whoever finds her life will lose it. Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. Job. I need, I need, I just want my whole life I want my grandchildren to be this. Old.
0: You're in Babylon. You can't find Jerusalem in Babylon. But what you can find is the King of King in Babylon. The Lord of Lords in Babylon. taking your not in my heart cries this, God, but it really needs to be. I hope you didn't deny everything but you. So today... single, I had different desires. Now that I'm married, I have different desires. When I'm in Christ, I have different desires than when I'm not. Today, put you cross on the ground. If you want things to change, there's only one who can change it, and it's not us. It's Him. What are you searching for? So instead of searching to try and find something in Babylon, let's search and try to find him. And he says, if you seek me, you will find me if you search for me with all your heart. What do you need? Father, that is my prayer. I don't know who needs to come and pray and say, Lord, I'm going to lose my life, right? I'm going to lose my life. I'm going to lose my life. As believers, I, I, I want to I I pick up my cross right now, Lord. So as an act of worship, I'm just going to come and pray and kneel. I'm going to come forward and kneel. And, and I'm just going to say, God, here it is. Here it is. I'm denying myself, and I'm taking up the cross. I'm taking up victory. I'm taking up your stance right where I'm at. I'm planting where I'm at. I'm going to build where I'm at. And I'm going to build it in Jesus. I'm going to plant in Jesus. I'm going to focus on Jesus. There's going to be victory in Jesus. There will be healing in Jesus. There will be deliverance in Jesus. There will be knowledge in Jesus. There will be wisdom in Jesus. There will be discernment in Jesus. There will be understanding in Jesus. There will be a spouse in Jesus. There will be family healing in Jesus. There will be this new career in Jesus. There will be direction in Jesus. It's all in the cross. put our cross in the ground. And we realize that the only taste of heaven that we can have in Babylon is Jesus. The reason why I say that, Lord, is because you're the only one who can satisfy. There's nothing in Babylon that's going to allow us full satisfaction Our thirst. We will only become thirsty for something else. But when we take as a believer that there's been a power of sin over them that you want to set them free in that you can't just put down unless we pick up we don't just empty out without getting filled so God fill us pick up our cross and if there's anybody in this room today Lord know you, that their life is about them and it's not about you, and they know, they're just sitting here, they know, the Holy Spirit's convicted, I pray that they would turn to Jesus, that they would say, I'm going to lose my life, I'm going to build it around Jesus, he's going to to save me, he's going to rescue me, I'm in a place that can rescue Jesus, save me believer in this room that needs rescue. Save me, Jesus. For this place, and this, my singleness, I put my cross here. Rescue me, Jesus. I don't know what to do next. Rescue me, Jesus. I lose my life for you, Jesus. I give my life to you, Jesus. I need you to heal me, Jesus. I'm gonna plan. I'm gonna increase in Jesus. I'm gonna build everything in Jesus. I'm gonna walk in Jesus. God, set us free today in Jesus.
1: Give you all praise. Now they all.